This week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts of Beer, we're discussing our favorite Batman villains! Hello, and welcome to a frightening new Christmas mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer! I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor, reminding you that there are at least three ghosts of Christmas. Oh, who are they? Uh, the past, present, and future. And I guess Marley yeah. counts as a ghost, Marley's too. So there's the four ghost. ghosts in them. Four. Yeah, yeah, and if you're going by Muppet Christmas Carol rules, technically five ghosts. Because they're Marley and Marley. That's right. Ooh. Double the Marley, double the damage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this week, uh, hot off the uh, hot off the tails of our last episode, where we discussed uh, Batman Returns, we're going to be discussing our favorite Batman villains. That's right, we've never done a, a, a villain podcast, I don't think, before. We've talked superheroes, but I don't think we've ever talked supervillains. I hope not, and I'm also not going to check. Me neither! <laughs> so, it's time to be talking about our favorite members of the Batman Rogues Gallery. We'll go around the horn, we'll start with you, Patrick. Who's your favorite Batman villain? Edward the Riddler Nigma. Whoa. Uh, his middle name is E. Oh. So he's going to be Edward E. e? Nigma. Nigma? Yeah. <laughs> really? It's not Edward is not the it's not the, I don't I don't know that for his first name Edward. So technically he's like E Nigma. Yeah. Is Correct. that really? I Whoa, think it's, I think now it's I gotta Edward, take it back. Edward Nigma. <laughs> Edward Edward Nigma. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in any case, I love Edward Nigma because in the cartoons, all of his weird labyrinthine death traps are awesome and labyrinthian. Yeah. And plus, he always gave out little riddles that, as a nerdy little kid, it was fun to try to figure out before Batman did. Never could. Nah, Batman always figured it out first because I was like ten. <laughs> <laughs> Seems unfair, Batman. Yeah, and also, wasn't the Riddler just trying to help us get our hands on federal grant money like Matthew Lesko? Yeah. Wasn't that his thing? It was. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, I had a lot of affection for those commercials because of Riddler. Right. Yeah. Also, it always surprised me that Batman didn't show up any of those commercials to beat Matthew Lesko up. <laughs> I always remember, like, the government will give you $10,000 to write a novel. Yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'll buy your stupid fucking book. This sounds great. Uh, yeah, the Riddler's pretty awesome. Uh, he's a pretty cool character. And, like, he uh, is, like, all throughout Batman lore. He's an old school Batman. Yeah, he though. goes way back. Like, he's in the, I mean, obviously the old comics. He's on the old Batman TV show. Yeah, yeah, the, Batman, the animated series. Uh, and then played by uh, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carey. Also, I do want to wear a green suit covered in question marks. Sure. I mean, that'd yeah. be rad. That'd be pretty cool. I I like his look in uh, the animated series where it's like gray slacks, uh, like purple tie, and yeah. a green jacket. Yeah, and like a black shirt. And then he's got that awesome like green bowler. Yeah. Yeah, a no, little question a, mark king. As opposed to Jim Carrey's Riddler that wears like weird Body green stockings. neoprene or whatever. <laughs> like that is a garbage Riddler. What is his plan in the movie? He makes a stupid TV. He makes TV a TV that, TV that <laughs> can steal your brain. Oh, That's God. right. Fucking, Which like, let's, shut up. Let's not even. Let's just not even. And he's doing like a weird, uh, like he's clearly doing the like Batman 67 Riddler. Uh, the, right. The Frank Gorsham like, woo! 
But he's doing like the Jim Carrey version of that. Yeah, it's the, the mask. nineties Jim Carrey yeah. version yeah. of that, which it's, is harsh. It's the Riddler Ooh. by way of the mask. Yeah, it's uh, real rough. I wish, I wish when he ran into Tommy Lee Jones in that restaurant, Tommy Lee Jones didn't say, "I will not tolerate your buffoonery." I will not sanction, sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> I wish he would have just shot him <laughs> right in the kneecap. Just so he couldn't do the movie. Yeah. Get someone else. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, it's a mess. But uh, Batman Forever is definitely uh, like the height of stunt casting because neither of those two people have any business playing Two-Face and Riddler. Oh, well, neither does fucking Val Kilmer have any business being Batman. True. What are you talking about? He was Mad Mardigan, the greatest swordsman in the world. Yeah, but that Batman's not a swordsman. He's a Batman. Sometimes he fights with swords when he fights Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, that's true. But it's usually like a test of wits in the desert while they've been on peyote for seven days. Like Mad Martin. <laughs> <laughs> just, just change peyote with dehydrated. Same thing. Uh, yeah, Riddler. Good choice. I like it's it. I like good. it. Do you have a particular favorite Riddler? Oh, definitely the animated series. Animated Though, series there's Riddler. nothing about the animated series Batman that isn't my favorite. Like, if there's a Batman that's my favorite Batman, it's anything that happens in the animated series. It's pretty good. I didn't yeah. read enough of the comics to know, like, the differences there, but it's certainly the best, like, as far as, like, TV or movie, by far the animated series. It's pretty great. Yeah. John, favorite Batman villain? Uh, Harvey Dent Two-Face. Ooh. Uh, I really love... Uh, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, he's dreamy. He is, <laughs> with those eyes. Yeah. And then you see way too much of his one eye once he becomes Two-Face. Yeah. Which should really be called Half-Face. Whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? Two-thirds face. Uh, but no, I love the, obviously, like, the, the weird uh, dichotomy of... You know, he is a reflection of the duality of Batman. He is both district attorney who wants to uphold the law and like crazed murderous gangster that wants to just sow chaos yeah he is legitimately lawful evil yeah yeah uh and again i love i love his uh i love in the cartoon series the first two-parter is his origin story yeah uh and i love how when he's harvey den he's just talking like this he's just a normal guy being like Hey, I'm a Harvey Dent. And then he gets scarred with acid on half of his face. And then he's got to talk like this for the rest of the series. <laughs> Which is just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going for it. Uh, what I like about the origin in the animated series is that he doesn't just get acid in his face, like thrown at him in a courtroom or anything like that. He's on a catwalk in a chemical factory and Tommy Gunfire explodes a circuit breaker next to him. That gives him both, like, an acid face and electrical scarring that yeah. turns his skin blue. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, and I particularly like, uh, my favorite Two-Face is in The Long Halloween. Yes. Which is essentially a Two-Face origin story uh, told through the course of a year. And it's just so good. Uh, the whole idea of the trinity of Batman, Commissioner Gordon, and Harvey Dent being like a very strong team that slowly splits apart because of the scarring into Harvey Two-Face uh, that uh, the Dark Knight took a lot of inspiration from. It's fucking great. Go read it. Check it out. It's awesome. Two-Face. Yeah, probably one of the best Batman comics ever. Yeah. Sure. It's a great story. Uh, and even... even the um, ending is kind of fucking stupid and weird because it, like it's, it's a 12-issue it's a like mystery, basically, where it's like, who is the holiday killer who kills one person every holiday and, like, leaves a calling card. Right. And at the end of it, it's like, 
Actually, there were three different people, and it doesn't make any sense if you think about it, so don't. Yeah, right. No, jeez. But, like, right. but then they made a whole sequel series where they were just like, but think about it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> what if Robin was there, huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, I do, one of the things I love about the long Halloween uh and, and two faces that you get to see a little bit of like Harvey Dent's like a little bit more of his personal life, you know, in, in the he's, dark. He's like a, a snarky kind of like, like he's got a, a real dry wit about him. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. But like in the dark night, right? Like he's kind of like this, he's not like a swinging bachelor. He's dating Rachel Dawes, but he's, he, you don't get to see a lot of his personal life in the, in the long Halloween, you see his wife and you see like, yeah. like the toll that the job is taking on him and everything it's it's a really fascinating look um i also love from long halloween uh uh the way they do calendar man oh as yeah they turn great. him from like a guy who dresses up as calendars and commits crimes on like on calendar days to fucking hannibal lecter yeah <laughs> who drew the fucking months of the year on, on his him. head yeah weird uh, there's a great Calendar Man Easter egg in the Arkham City video game where if the time on your system clock is matches a holiday and you go to Calendar Man, he like tells you a little story about that Ooh, holiday. Oh, nice. And it's uh, Maurice LaMarche does the voice. Nice. Oh, right on. It's like an Assassin's Creed 3 when you go to Benjamin Franklin's shop and he tells you how to sleep with older women. <laughs> nice. Because they're uh, better at fucking... I was going to say, he tells you to sleep with older women. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they're better at fucking. All right, Ben and Franks. Right, ben. And Ben Franks knows. He would. That he would. Anyway, Two-Face. Two-Face. Batman villain. Good call, good call. Mark, favorite Batman villain. I gotta go vanilla, uh, and I gotta go Joker. I gotta say the Joker. I love the Joker. Uh, I haven't seen the movie Joker. Uh, Nor should you. Uh, it just looks pass. dumb. Yeah, I don't need to see King of... King of comedy. Yeah, King of taxi driver <laughs> bullshit. I don't want to yeah. see a movie where they want us to feel empathy for the Joker. Guys, can we just can we just get rid of Joaquin Phoenix? Yes. Like, do we need Joaquin Phoenix? No. No, especially not after that horrible prank movie where he went around Ooh. like uh, yeah, like shitting on people and like legitimately actually taking shits on human beings. Yeah. And also uh, enabling Casey Affleck in to his sexual real harassment of yep. people. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen every Joaquin Phoenix movie, but I'm pretty sure the best movie Joaquin Phoenix ever did was when he was the bad guy in Gladiator. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. He's, like, that Joaquin Phoenix is okay, I guess. Buddy, go back to when he was still Leaf Phoenix and he was in Parenthood. Oof. Oh, Solid yeah. movie. All right. Yeah. That's a great All right. movie. All right. And there's very little of him in it. True. And he so gets to hang out with Joker? Keanu Reeves. My favorite Joker? Yeah. Probably the Jack Nicholson Joker, honestly. Yeah, buddy. Oh, I yeah. love Jack Nicholson Joker. That movie is not a Batman movie yeah. at all. It is a, a Jack Nicholson Joker film that has a cameo from Batman a couple times. Uh, I but, do love the line, what is it? Uh, never pick another man's rhubarb. Yeah, yeah, never pick another man's rhubarb. I love the scene where... He uh he electrocutes the guy with the lethal hand buzzer, and then everyone leaves, and he gets up in his face, and he's like, having a conversation with this with burnt up dead body. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, grease them all. Ooh, oh, all right. Yeah, he's basically doing the uh, Clint Eastwood speech from the RNC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's, like, I, but I love. But there's the, a corpse in the chair instead of nothing. Yeah. yeah. But I just love the way he says, uh, he says, "You're a vicious bastard." 
I'm glad you're dead. And then like <laughs> straightens his necktie. Straightens his necktie and then laughs for like two minutes and on the way out again goes, oh, I wish you were dead. I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> yeah. It's just so good. He's so tickled by his own performance. Yeah. That, that also, and when he shows up at the, the mobster like coming out to like blame the Joker on everything and he goes, Hey, it's your Uncle Bingo. Time to pay the check. Yeah. And then he throws a quill pen into his fucking neck. Yeah. Uh, it's really great. Plus, he uh, he plays diegetic Prince music wherever he goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which it's is super stuff. cool. Yeah. Uh, but I just love the idea of, like, this weird, twisted version, like, like this, like, uh, anti-Batman, like a guy who's just so disposed to criminality uh, and insane and doesn't have any empathetic things about yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, it's such a, a great foil for Batman. There's a great uh, thing that Grant Morrison did with the character where he actually decides that Joker uh, will, is just literally patterns himself on whatever Batman is doing. So like in the 70s when Batman is very like pop art and friendly, then the Joker is just like, my crime will be fish patenting. Ha ha. Right. <laughs> but then in the eighties when Batman is like real brooding and psychotic, then the Joker's like, Oh, that's what we're doing now. Okay, cool. Like, Murder. Joker, like Joker very much just wants to be like, yeah, like literally just wants to position himself as whatever level Batman is on, but just the opposite force. Absolutely. It's great. Nice. He's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, let's do any honorable mention villains we want to bring up. Yeah, anytime, and this is not a named villain in any way whatsoever, but anytime if I'm having or have cause to think of one of the most brutal fights in a movie that I've ever seen, the 89 top of the bell tower fight is Ooh, just fucking Mr. incredible. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, the last guy before he gets to the Joker. Yeah, the is big a mini boss. Great fucking fight. Ah, oh, man. So Who that just... guy, great villain. Yeah, one of the Joker's random, like, goons. Who slams Batman's head into the bell? That might be one of the best melee fights in Batman cinema. Man, there's a lot of really great henchmen in that first movie, particularly Bob the Goon. Yes. Oh, I yeah. just love that Jack Nicholson's trying to kill him the entire movie. <laughs> yep. And at the very end, he's just, Bob, gun. Gonna need a minute alone, boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> John, any honorable mention? Uh, well, I am a huge fan of the Grant Morrison Batman comics. I think he's probably the definitive Batman writer. Uh, uh, Scott Snyder's given him a run for his money, but only because he's kind of taken the baton from where Grant Morrison put it and just like running a little further with it. Uh, but particularly in Grant Morrison's Batman R.I.P. story where he actually kills Batman... Uh, he puts together a like supervillain group called uh, the Black Glove Society, and they are headed up by Doctor Hurt. Which, first <laughs> off, let's just camp on that name for a little bit. It's great. It's a fucking great name. It's Doctor the most Grant Morrison comic book villain name I can think of. And it's further accentuated by the fact that he's wearing this like gothic suit with this very long flowing cape and like a big like luchador bat mask <laughs> it's very like uh day of the dead inspired Ooh, okay attire. Right. it is very fucking cool and uh he knows that you can't just kill batman you have to just psychologically take him apart piece by piece so he poses a mystery to batman that basically leads him to the conclusion that dr hurt is actually thomas wayne and that Alfred had had an affair with Martha Wayne, and that Alfred is actually his father, 
and Thomas Wayne set up the hit in Crime Alley to kill Martha Wayne and actually, like, faked his own death to become this supervillain, none of it is true. Sure. <laughs> it is all solely to give Batman a reason to not want to be Batman anymore before he fucking kills him. And it's great. Nice. But then, so he kills Batman. Darkseid ends up killing Batman because this is happening concurrently with Final Crisis. Right, that's right. And then Batman, like, like basically sacrifices himself yeah, to Batman, stop Darkseid. Yeah, uh, Batman uses a, like, uh, like, literally a magic bullet to try to shoot Darkseid, but ends up getting hit by the bullet instead, which, like, sends him back through time. So he's a caveman Batman, and then he's a pirate Batman, and then he's a pilgrim Batman, and then he's a 1940s detective Batman. So he Batman's for like two, like a thousand years? Wow. Yeah. Or does he jump, is he Quantum Leap Batman? It has been a while since I've read that particular story arc. I've only got the first volume of the Grant Morrison omnibus Batmans, but I think he is like existing throughout history. Right. It's... It's real fucking cool. But he comes back to life. He does. He does come back and Bruce Wayne is now Batman. Again. Again. As opposed to, wasn't Jim Gordon Batman for a little bit? With a bat mech suit? That is more recent. That's after the Flashpoint, like, relaunch of the continuity. After they got rid of New 52. Yeah, so Scott Snyder had, like, Bruce Wayne as Batman. uh, And then I can't remember what happened. Something happens to Bruce Wayne. And yeah, Gordon becomes Batman in a Batman mech suit. Gotcha. In a story story arc called Batman Super heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I fucking love the Grant Morrison Batman stuff because he conceptualized Batman as having existed from basically like 1930s vigilante to present day and assumed like, all right, everything that happened to Batman happened to Batman. Like he had a phase where he was, uh, you know, honorary deputy and he had a phase in the fucking 70s where he was like a swinging James Bond global spy. There was a time where he was wearing like multicolored like 60s sci-fi yeah. suits. In fact, one of the ways that they psychologically break Batman is they destroy his mind but Batman like self-hypnosis programmed a default personality and that is the Batman of Zoran R <laughs> which is a storyline from the like late 60s where there's an alien Batman. That's right. Nice. And he's like, and it's like, he wasn't really an alien Batman. That was Batman like programming this personality into like the like the root of his psych, like (laughs) his psychic. So that if any, so if he ever got like mentally compromised, it would just be like, all right, uh, system reboot. Uh, launch Batman Zoran R. (laughs) And then hope everything works out. How'd it work out? It's great. Bat might helped him. Nice! <laughs> because imagination is the real fifth dimension. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, for me, uh, honorable mention Batman villains. Uh, I've always been a fan of Clayface, just because of the idea sure. of like a big giant clay monster who can become anybody. Yeah. But if they get like a little too hot, they start to melt. Or if you get too close to him and they can't be held up to any scrutiny. Yeah. Yeah. You can't touch Clayface. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love in the uh, the Arkham <clears throat> video games, when you turn on detective vision, you can tell it's a Clayface because it has no skeleton. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a goop. Yeah. Uh, I particularly then, love in Arkham Asylum where he will be in his cell and he'll morph into different characters like James Gordon is just like, you gotta let me out of here. I'm locked up by mistake. The fucking Joker threw me in here. And you're like, ah, Clayface. No, Clayface. Ah, buddy. Uh, And then I'm also, uh, 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 I also really like Poison Ivy. 
I think Poison Ivy is a really interesting character, especially uh, once they kind of made her a little bit more independent and not quite like a sexual, yeah. an only sexual creature. I love when she teams up with uh, Harley Quinn and right. they do their like zany capers together. Right. Is there one where they like they hypnotize Bruce Wayne into being their like manservant so they can go holiday shopping? That sounds about right. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, especially like I I really liked her team ups with Harley Quinn. Because then it was like, it took Poison Ivy from like, oh, I'm just the sexy, like, flower lady to like, I'm the grown-up of this relationship (laughs) and have to stop this mad woman from, like, murdering people. (laughs) Because remember, she's a fucking doctor. She's a genius. She went to school for this, man. Yeah. Yeah. She's like a super-duper, what do you call them? Botanist. Botanist. Yeah. Yeah. She's rad, though. I really like her. Plus, she can control plants and shit. There's yeah, a really, that's like good powers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's like, like a character, like yeah. a later version of like like a later edition of Swamp Thing, where like it's like Swamp Thing and like Poison Ivy and the Floronic Man, yeah, and they're all like and like they're f- all fighting for control of the green. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice. It's very cool. Nice. Yeah. So that's gonna do it for this mini soda body counts and beer. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm still Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. I already said that. Now I feel like a fucking idiot. Nah, Patrick oh, saved you. Oh. Yeah, I saved it. Perfect. Perfect. Everybody loves guttural scream endings. Ooh, make some mouth noises into the mic. Everyone loves that. Blah, 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 blah. Nope, nope. Nope. Isn't that ASMR? Did we just ASMR, guys? Hopefully. That's for the listener to decide. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast. Or you can email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.